Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cinematic Schematic, the official podcast of thecinematropolis.com. You're home to thoughtful conversations on film and this year's podcast media partner for the Dead Center 2022 Film Festival. I'm your host, Caleb Masters, and today we're taking another trip back in time through Oklahoma history to discuss one of this year's most exciting historical documentaries playing at the festival, The Battle for Honey Springs. We'll start by talking a little bit about why this piece of Oklahoma history is so important before uh, talking a little bit more about the filming process. And then we'll close out the conversation by taking a look at how you can watch this movie at this year's Dead Center Film Festival and even beyond. The war was about slavery. We are engaged in a holy war. The Southern armies fight for continued existence. An extension of slavery. Show the enemy this day brave, disciplined men. Drive them back before the day sets. According to the Dead Center website, the Battle of Honey Springs can be described as North or South, whichever side controlled Indian territory, controlled the fate of slavery west of the Mississippi. In the end, the Battle at Honey Springs would be remembered as the climactic engagement within Indian territory and the most diverse battle in American Civil War history. On July 17th of 1863, Major General James G. Blunt marched 3,000 Union soldiers through rain and river and initiated a brazen attack against a Confederate army twice his number. Led by the 1st Kansas, the Union forces drove the rebels from their stronghold at the Honey Springs Depot, securing the major supply route known as the Texas Road. The Battle of Honey Springs takes you inside the fight, from the generals and their warfare tactics to the men on the ground, including the 1st Kansas made up of all freed black slaves, eager to show their worth and bravery in the fight to emancipate all their southern brothers. And to the Creek, Cherokees, and other tribes of Oklahoma, Native Americans were divided by a white man's war, fighting to return to the lands they once called home. Joining me today to talk about the Battle of Honey Springs is the film's director and screenwriter, Brian Beasley. Brian, uh, you joined us last year. Welcome back to the Cinematic Schematic. Hey, Caleb. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, we're super excited to have uh, another film in Dead Center and super excited to be on the podcast. Whenever I heard that you had a film in this year's festival, I couldn't resist a chance to talk with you more. Now, listeners, before we get into today's conversation, I did just want to quickly note that if you are listening to the show today and you enjoy the conversation, uh, please make sure to support the show by subscribing and leaving us a rating and review on your preferred podcast app. This is going to be super important for, uh, for those of you who are attending this year's Dead Center, as we have, uh, I, you know, I think around 10 or so uh, exclusive interviews for covering Dead Center this year that you're going to want to make sure to check out. And you're going to get those right away uh, before anyone else by subscribing via your preferred podcast app. Now, without further ado, uh, I'm so excited to dive into the Battle of Honey Springs, Brian. And before we go any further, there might be some of our listeners here who might not be as familiar with the history behind the film. Um, so just to add a little bit of context, last year, you and I spoke about your short film, The Long Road to Liberty, where you spotlighted the African-American experience in Oklahoma. So keeping that in mind, what made the Battle of Honey Springs your choice for the next film? Well, it's interesting, Caleb. Uh, this is <laughs> this question that runs right into COVID because actually we shot the Battle of Honey Springs before we shot A Long Road to Liberty. Um, 
A Long Road to Liberty actually came out of Battle of Honey Springs. Uh, a major part of the story, uh, the Civil War story, is the first Kansas, which was the first African-American uh, soldiers. They were uh, newly freed slaves that had uh, fled to Kansas and then enlisted and then basically came back into Indian territory because it wasn't Oklahoma yet uh, during the Civil War and fought for the Union. Uh, they fought to free their uh, fellow slaves. And uh, the bravery is, as you can imagine, uh, was through the roof because they quickly found out that the, the Confederate Army had put um, bounties on their head, that they would not, they would not take any uh, once uh, slaved soldiers uh, back into their, you know, they wouldn't take them prisoners of war. They would basically kill them. So it, it's an amazing story. It's one that I hadn't knew nothing about, let alone that this actually happened in, in Indian territory where Oklahoma is now. Um, and so it was, it was a real pleasure to be a part of it. It's, it's probably the best thing I've ever directed. And I was very excited, but to go back to your question, once we started doing the research on this, um, you know, the stuff, the, the, the subject of what we, um, focused on in a long road to Liberty, a lot of that kept coming up, uh, with the all black towns that used to be in Oklahoma, uh, which then of course led us to black wall street. And, um, you know, a long road to Liberty was a much easier film to complete, especially during COVID. Um, and the battle of honey Springs, there was just so many different moving parts. And so it kind of had to be on the back burner a little bit uh, before we could get it complete. Right. And I mean, uh, of course, uh, you mentioned, that. I mean, the scale for the Battle of Honey Springs, clearly, this is a, a, a much larger scope than your your last project there. So, I mean, could you tell me a little bit more about how you approached filming the, the, the battles, especially here in Oklahoma? So I was super excited. Dr. Bob Blackburn, who uh, ran the Oklahoma History Center and who I'd worked with on a few different projects, called me up. Uh, I think it, uh, early 2019 and was like, we're finishing the, the museum out at the battlefield, which is in Dakota, Oklahoma. And we would really love to have a film about the battle. And he pitched me this all inclusive three screen theater that they're going to build. And we're going to put you right in the middle of the action. And that's where this film came out of. Um, and when he kind of pitched it to me, I was like, well, that's great. I want to do that. I want to film these battle scenes, but let's, let's take it. Let's go one step further and let's sit down and do some interviews and like, let's make a half hour or under a half hour uh, documentary that could eventually play on PBS and we'll get people excited and they'll go to the museum. So if you go to the museum, you can go there today. The, the short version, the 12 minute version is playing there on like this, the special theater that they bought for it. Um, and so it kind of all came out of that. And we, you know, we had to put the viewer in the middle of the battle. So you will basically, we, we pick certain historical figures. Uh, we fictionalize certain other historical figures um, and they actually break the fourth wall. They talk right to the audience. Um, and then in the longer version that you'll see at dead center, uh, we supported all of these battle scenes and all of these monologues uh, that we have in the reenactments with uh, proper interviews from historians to kind of give it more of a historic, uh, historical perspective. Um, but yeah, it was, it, it's, I've never had the opportunity to direct anything like this. It was a blast. We shot for a few days actually on the actual battlefield. We had uh, almost 40 reenactors come out 
Um, one day we shot all the union stuff and then they changed clothes. <laughs> we put them in, we put them in the grays and they shot all the Confederate stuff. And then we, um, you know, did casting everyone, uh, on the crew, uh, and the cast was either from Oklahoma or Texas. It was all locally sourced and found some insanely talented actors to come in and play our generals, to play our foot soldiers. Um, and it was amazing. I mean, the, the reenactors took it to a whole new level. They knew what they were doing. Um, the museum obviously, uh, oversaw everything from like the, you know, what guns, what muskets they had, uh, who was wearing what uniform, uh, you know, what was on the horses, what was on the cannons. And it was amazing. And we had, we had a, we had a real blast shooting it out there. So, I mean, as the, the film's director, what was that uh, process like collaborating? Um, you know, you talk about the props being very historical. Did that make your job a little simpler or did that create like what was that process like saying, hey, this is what's practical. This works on film. I'd <laughs> yeah. love to hear a little more about that. Yeah, because I'm, you know, usual. I mean, I've done I, I've, I've done some narrative stuff, but usually my thing is it's B-roll and we're shooting some interviews. So this was definitely very different. There's a huge narrative aspect to this. Um it was, I, you know, I had the biggest crew I've had before. Um, I think, I think uh, Minari, the, the movie Minari had just finished shooting and we basically took their entire crew. So they had just come off that uh, so much so that a few of the cast uh, and I think the DP from Minori had, they were so interested about this civil war thing that was happening in Oklahoma that they all came and visited set. Um, so we took everybody, everyone that Oklahoma had that could work below or above the line. We took them all. I had, I had the three best ADs in town working with me. Um, you know, it, uh, it was a fine old machine. Uh, uh, Jamie Roma, my producer and her staff, like, you know, there's a lot of planning that went involved in this. I mean, we worked uh, months making sure that, uh, everything was right. And listen, the script, you know, since we had these monologues, they all had to be absolutely historically correct. I remember the first draft I, I turned in, um, I have, I think I had a scene at the very end of it where, uh, uh, general blunt, who is the union general, like he's back at Fort Gibson and they're like doing a toast with like whiskey. And it was a very, a very <laughs> like Hollywood ending. And the, the museum came in like this, this is, this is not what happened. We can't show this. It's like, this is a little over the top. This is kind of, I was like, okay, well, what would have happened? They like, they would have marched back and like, you know, restocked and been ready for a counterattack. I was like, okay, so we'll, we'll put them down going down the, you know, marching back uh, to Northern Oklahoma on the Texas road. Um, and so it was a blast. It was, it was, it was um, a lot of fun. Like I said, this is the biggest thing I've ever directed. And it was really amazing to be able to come back home. Uh, Cause I live in Los Angeles, but you know, born and raised in Oklahoma. And it was great to be able to come back home and, and uh, uh, shoot something so historically significant for the state. One thing I wanted to hone in on here before we begin to wrap up, you mentioned the, the variety of different types of shots you have in the film. And, and it's something that really stuck out to me when I was watching it. You guys have close-ups to monologues to wider shots off the battle. Uh, most specifically, the way they're edited together, it kind of jumps around really quickly. Again, I thought it was was some pretty impressive filmmaking. So how did you go about determining exactly how to, to frame and, and edit these shots together? So yeah, so it was a it was a bit of a tightrope, especially when at the very end I'm like, hey, let's do a 30 minute version, uh, because we literally had to, you know, it was heavily storyboarded. the The whole project was for the battlefield, for the museum there in Shakota, and these three screens. So we actually have a lot happening right at camera. Like we have obviously the the main characters are breaking the fourth wall. They're talking right to the audience that would be sitting in that theater. But on screen left and screen right, 
they're like, especially in the battle scenes, they're firing right at the camera, which isn't the way you would direct a narrative film. It's kind of, uh, it, 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 it doesn't feel right because you're like, why is everything happening right at me? Um, so there was some supplemental stuff that we shot knowing we were going to do this longer version, but a lot of it, we just, I mean, in the 30 minute version, we use every, I don't think there's a shot we don't use that we, that we got, uh, um, that we kind of crammed in there. Um, so it was a little, there, there was a little bit of a tightrope that we had to walk, um, to make sure that it, it flowed. Okay. Um, but I think it looks great. And I mean, the, again, I, I had an amazing storyboard artist that like looks works for Marvel. And, you know, we sat down and we really combed through these shots and made sure that everything was exactly the way it needed to be. And I mean, everybody on set had those because it was, there was just confusion. I'm like, where's the eye line on this? Like, where should the actor be looking? And it's like, well, he's screen left. So he'd be look, he'd be looking to his left because he's looking at the center screen and there was stuff like that. And so, um, you know, I think even like you were saying the fast edits, a lot of that probably just came out of like, we were really kind of like shoehorning certain things in, especially for the 30 minute cut of like, uh, his eye line isn't totally correct. All right, let's, let's just cut away as quick as possible. So, which, you know, helps with the action sequences, honestly. No, no, it did. It, Cause it kind of keeps this kinetic energy. I, I feel like it was something I don't see super often in like historical uh, stories, especially the way, cause you, you guys are combining sort of like the documentary, but also with the narrative piece, right? Cause it totally. It, it, interviews you've got the reenactment um and then you've got like this narration all kind of going on at the same time yeah and there's the ken burns aspect like we did there's no shortage of historical photos and the longer piece and stuff like that um and you're right listen i am always when i'm in the edit room i'm always like we get especially because we couldn't deliver something to the museum that was over you know 15 minutes long because no one's going to sit there they want to get out on the battlefield that was the whole point like they go through the museum they watch this a uh, quick uh, film about what the battle was like, and then they actually exit and they're on the actual hollowed ground. Even in the the you know the thirty minute cut, it was like we got to keep it moving, we got to keep it coming at them, uh, and so you know that uh, that was the whole point. Brian, it's been so much fun speaking with you about this. Is there anything specifically as we begin to wind down that you hope our listeners can take away from this historical documentary and reenactment? Yes, I mean the the big big thing and the whole reason this film even exists is to get people to go out to the battlefield. Go out to the Honey Springs Battlefield Museum. They have a beautiful museum that they've been working on for years out there. Um, You can see a different version of this film there that's, like I said, very interactive. It puts you into the battle. We really want people to go find this Oklahoma history. And it's, it's, it's just two hours outside of Oklahoma City, and it's absolutely amazing. And you get to walk on the battlefields. Like when you watch the movie, you will get to go walk and stand exactly where these historical events happen. So... Um, yeah. And of course, check us out at dead center. We play this Saturday at, um, 11 AM at Harkins downtown. All right. Great. Brian. And for our listeners who want to keep up with more of your work uh, outside of just the battle of honey Springs, where can they keep up with you and your work online? Uh, brianbeasley.com, or you can see my Instagram at Brian Beasley photo. All right, Brian. Well, Hey, thanks so much for your time today. It was a pleasure uh, speaking to you on the cinematic schematic. Caleb, thank you so much for having us. Truly appreciate it. Awesome. And listeners, you heard it here. This is an exciting documentary you don't want to miss. Uh, Again, it's going to be at uh, the Dead Center Film Festival, The Battle of Honey Springs, this Saturday, June 11th at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. As Brian mentioned, it is a free screening. Uh, If you are interested in learning even more about all the films playing at this year's Dead Center, you can check the full schedule of movies and buy your pass or individual ticket by heading to deadcenterfilm.org. Thanks so much for joining us, everyone, and we'll catch you again next time.